Hey folks, it's Jeremy, the host of Blamo. Thanks so much for listening. This is a preview of one of our exclusive shows on Patreon. These are member-supported shows, meaning they only happen because of our incredible members and community. So check out a preview of the episode, and if you like it, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive Blamo episodes, shows, our amazing Slack group, and we're adding new things for members all the time. If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blamo all free for you to dive into. Thanks so much. On countless inspiration boards are photos of Ethan Newton, the bearded gentleman, the king of cool, the man who embodies the true high-low aesthetic. When I think about how I want to dress, speak, think, I find myself revisiting Ethan Newton's Tumblr, Instagram, and writings all the time. It's just so good. I've known Ethan for 10 years now, and he is someone who has never changed his style because his style is literally, ready, wait for it, his personality. It's a perfect combination of classic and rugged. Ethan returns to chat about his beloved shop, Bryceland's, how lockdown is going in Japan, how isolation has affected his style, and what's never going to change. It's Blamo Extra, and Ethan Newton is back. I'm sure St. Louis, Missouri has some some very cool aspects to it. Um, there's about five. Okay, <laughs> that's <Wow>. about it. <laughs> but I but I'm happy for now. So I mean, but it's it is tough because you know I you you just you miss folks, you miss run into folks, you miss I miss hearing multiple languages a day. And it's it's uh, I have this, the same issue being uh, coming from uh, an incredibly multicultural upbringing in in Sydney where. I mean, my my high school years was ninety percent people were English as a second language, or the parents had immigrated from another country, and and I mean, very homogenous Japan, where something like three percent of the population is non-ethnically Japanese. So I do miss a little bit of that, um, the variety of perspective, and and being able to talk to people who have seen different things and been different places. Um, and I mean, what what we're all suffering from with COVID, I think, is just the lack of connection to other people, mm. people that that we we love and respect, and and they're used to having time with. Um, I mean, just e- even from a design perspective, since Priceland began, design has been myself and Kenji working out the things we love and and what we want to make and what we think is cool, and and not being able to sit down side by side in the store and and have a smoke and a drink and talk about what we think is cool has definitely made it harder to mm. envision what's next. And then the lack of certainty on whether things are going to get better. Uh, customers are going to be coming back into the store. Um, you know, are, are we, are we at the the beginning or the end of this thing or something in the middle? We don't know. So how much can we invest in new stock? How much can we, how much can we gamble on, on business coming back to where it once was. So it, it stifles creativity a bit. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a, a challenging time. I, I saw the, the websites kick in though. I mean, geez, I went on there one day, denim shirts are selling out, like all of the, like the chore coats. I mean, it's, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're very lucky that um, the pieces that, that are becoming iconic to who we are, are still popular and, I've definitely had a perspective with this brand on on what I want to achieve, which is I want to make clothing that a customer will feel 
they can have forever. There is there is no no buyer's remorse. I hope. Um, right. Uh, I hope that every piece they buy, they will have forever. Um, and those pieces, like the denim shirts and the chore coats, which are just absolute war horse pieces, um, are, are selling well. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I've tried to wash mine a bunch. I've worn it a bunch. I'm still trying to make it look, look a, a little bit more broken in. But I mean, that thing's as tough as a hog. It's great. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been, making sure that the, the people who do work I respect um, and who get to wear our brand in, in a truly functional way, um, I, I like to see what happens to the garments because that's that's the true test is what's it going to look like in 10 years, 20 years. Um, I have a, a, a very, very good friend uh, who is a shoemaker here in Japan, Sage McCarthy, and he wears a lot of Brassland stuff and he beats it up and it looks all the better for it. It's it's exactly how I want our product to look. Uh, likewise, I have a piece. Let me show you this one. Yeah. Um, I have a piece that a friend of mine who is a artist, an Australian artist living in Tokyo, uh, he has one of our denim chore coats and he's been wearing it to paint murals and do all sorts of stuff. And he brought it back to us one day and I said, please let me hang on to it. Uh, <sighs> and that's it there. It's just absolutely a work of art now. It's so beautifully beaten up. And you know, Oh my God. It, it's, it's, if I'd seen it in the vintage store, I would have thought, yes, I would definitely be buying that. And I don't care what the price is. And it's one of my own products, which makes me super proud. That's gnarly. Jeez. Have you, um, you know, because one thing I also want to talk to you about is like, I have seen the Bryce lens aesthetic slowly trickle out to other shops and other stores and other places. And it's funny. Cause like, I'll look at it and maybe this is the scary thing with Instagram, right? Like you just see what that company follows and you're like, Oh, look, they follow Ethan and Bryceland's and look, they're making something that is kind of identical, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like in, in a way, I mean, this, you've had this happen to you from stuff at the armory, from all sorts of other places into which, you know, the, the aesthetic that you've kind of created, which is this, a bit of vintage, this high, low, I mean, is really just become kind of the, the, the standby in the best way of, of menswear. How, how has that been? I, I don't mind it at all. I, I've got to say, I, I think that I, I don't own an aesthetic. I don't own an idea. It's just something that I like and I create in the way that I create. Um, and I've taken my influences from all over. Um, I mean, it, it, it's pretty obvious who my inspirations are. And, and uh, I, I wouldn't call anybody out to say that they're, they're biting the style it's just not not the way i think so it's, uh, it's great if someone wants to carry on doing what we do and give it their own perspective um, i think authenticity in doing what you do is important and i respect people who could say i like the perspective of what you do and i'm going to give it my twist um because i mean nobody's going to do me better than me except for kenji maybe um and uh, nobody can do anybody else better than they can do themselves. So um, that authenticity to your own perspective, having having a clear point of view and pursuing that, um, regardless of what your inspirations are or what the, the physical products you're using are, 
having that clear perspective on what you want to achieve is what's going to give it the authenticity and make it look believable and and solid. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've seen that, and then you know, w- right now with so many people, like you know, I'm tired of everyone being like, "Hey, you still wearing sweatpants?" <laughs> Where it's like, no, man. Uh, w- into which a lot of my friends and other folks I know who are, you know, they're at home, like, or they're at their office in some form of saran wrap bubble, right? And they're just looking at clothes and they're looking at things to get. And everyone, I feel like, and you know, are, they're kind of getting back into the to the sort of like hashtag menswear stuff where guys like, you know, a, a guy who texted me, and this is a guy who maybe last year was trying to buy the off-white Jordans, right? He texted me today and he's like, where is the best Navy double-breasted jacket from? And I was like, well, like, what do you... What do you want it to look like? Do you want a strong shoulder? Do you want a natural shoulder? Like who, who, who do you want to make it? You know, and he's like, I just, he's like, I'm getting, I'm getting a Navy suit and I want to, I want a double breasted jacket with gold buttons. He's like, I want to look like Prince Charles in the crown. And I'm like, you wear off white Jordans. Like, what are you talking about? But like that, that's happening a lot, Ethan. Like it's, there's a lot of people that I feel like are getting ready to just roar back in to sport coats and suits yeah and uh, i i think that that's going to be a very welcome change when people are able to get out again and socialize again and and say look i haven't seen you in a year uh let me put on my my finery and 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 strut a little and show you how good i'm looking um i've come to a bit of a, an understanding more so than before just that Having great style isn't something you can buy your way into. Um, and and consumerism more and more is seeming a little distasteful to me, which is kind of a, a strange perspective for a retailer to have. But I do think that if we take more time to appreciate what we have, take care of the things we have, and actually wear what's in the wardrobe, we're going to be better dressed. And I've, I've had this thing for years um you know five five six years ago i bought it i think and i wear it whenever it gets rainy and i like it more and more and i think about could i get a better one could i get something different it's like no i just want to keep wearing this one i want to find different ways of making it look right well but here's the i agree with you but you have good taste so you don't have the issue of the guy who bought the off-white jordans because you I mean, okay, what was the last thing that you bought that you were like, man, I shouldn't have bought that and you regret it? I have no idea. See? I rarely <laughs> I would rarely buy something that I do my due diligence when I think I'm gonna buy something. Because I'm I'm not rich. I don't have a lot of money. If I'm gonna spend money yeah. on something, it's gotta be something I really want. I can tell you lots of things I've bought recently that I am just amazed at how how much better they are than I th- than the, what I thought they would be. Okay. Uh, but things I regret buying, I, I have no idea. See, well, and so that's the thing is I feel like a lot of these folks are, they, you know, they're basically just buying what initially in their mind they're being told to buy, right? And so mm-hmm. it's hype, right? So, I mean, did someone have a daydream about, I, I keep picking on the off-white Jordan. Like, did someone have a daydream about that shoe? And they said, I need this. No, like you saw it and someone else had it and someone else had it. And you're like, well, I want one too. 
But the thing is now that's coming a little bit more back to people who are asking me for the the best sport coat. Like what, what the hell are you talking about? You know, the one you own, the one you get made for you, that's the best one. Right. But, um, I think that's, that's a very welcome change. You know, I, I just turned 41 and I'm sure I'll get lambasted for this, but I'm kind of of the opinion that you shouldn't really wear any obvious branding over the age of about 25. Like I wouldn't be wearing a technical sneaker. <laughs> wouldn't really be wearing a technical sneaker unless I'm going to the gym, which I rarely do. Um, it just doesn't seem particularly masculine or stoic or elegant to me to be covered in logos and brands and things like that. And it's why we don't do any. I, I refuse to do anything that's obviously branded or it feels like a, a, a cheap shot. Um, to do something well, there has to be the integrity of the product to stand on its own. And those obvious design gimmicks seem to be a bit of a way to say, look, this is a mediocre product, but but here, here's, a, here's some logos or here's some strange graphic or something like that. Yeah. I also think if I'm going if I'm going to advertise anything on the front of a shirt, um, it's got to be something that I believe should be advertised because there is there is integrity in what they do, which is why basically the only thing I'd wear in terms of a a print or a design logo type thing is. Want to hear the rest? Join us over on Patreon. You'll hear this episode and tons more exclusive pods. From the return of Sid Mashburn, Michael Hill of Drake's, The Sartorialist, and more, you'll get access to our private members-only Slack group where we chat about menswear and a bit of everything. So visit patreon.com forward slash blammo and we'll see you there.